Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. There was a day when Emperor Constantine installed the Triumphal Quadriga sculpture in his new capital city, Constantinople, near the Triumphal Arc, which led to the Hippodrome. But where did he get it? Did he steal it as a war trophy? Did he commission it? Was it a gift brought from the island of Chios by Theodosius II? Not only is the origin the story of this sculpture unknown, how it got to Constantinople is as well. These four horses have managed to travel, it's estimated, from Chios to Constantinople, an ancient city that's now Istanbul in modern-day Turkey, and then to Venice, Paris, back to Venice, and that's where the piece still is today. We're talking about the sculpture that's best known as the Horses of St. Mark's, which was stolen during the sack of Constantinople in April of 1204. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. The destruction of Constantinople, which was then the capital of the Byzantine Empire, didn't come at the hands of their known foes, such as the armies of Islam, the Bulgars, Hungarians, and Serbs, the Byzantine Empire was considered the eastern half of the Roman Empire at the time, and its citizens strongly identified as Christian and as Roman. And they were attacked by Crusaders and Venetians, who considered themselves Christians and Romans. This marked the culmination of the Fourth Crusade, part of a series of eight religious wars undertaken by the Church between 1095 and 1291, and intended to reclaim Jerusalem and its surrounding area from Islamic rule. 
Pope Innocent III was one of the most powerful and influential of the medieval popes, and he had begun fomenting the Fourth Crusade as early as 1200, and then it began in 1202. His plan was originally intended to conquer Muslim-controlled Jerusalem by invasion through Egypt. But things didn't quite work out that way, and the armies of the Fourth Crusade never actually came within 1,000 miles of their original objective. Historians continue to debate the exact reason why the Crusaders turned to Constantinople instead of Jerusalem, but believe through a series of unpredictable and culminating events, Crusade armies ended up capturing, looting, and destroying the Byzantine city. With the fall of the city in the year 1204, many of its artworks, icons, and relics were looted as the Byzantine Empire was divvied up between Venice and its allies. The state created on the ruins of the Byzantine Empire was known as the New Latin Empire, considered the Latin occupation to the Byzantines, and the victors partitioned Byzantine territories among themselves. We're interested in one war trophy in particular, taken from Constantinople with the victors' war loot, and that's the Horses of St. Mark's, although it wouldn't have been known by that name in Constantinople because there's no St. Mark's Square in that city. The horses became known as the Horses of St. Mark's when the piece was looted and then installed in Venice's Piazza San Marco, or St. Mark's Square. The work is a set of four gilded bronze horses, but there's one little secret about them. They're actually almost pure copper. Each horse is slightly bigger than life-size, just around 171 centimeters at withers, or roughly 17 hands. Engraved on the hooves and halters of each horse are Roman numerals, but there is no explanation for their purpose or any known reason why they were put there. At least no one knows it yet. The sculptures were cast in several pieces, a method known as indirect casting, and it's thought that the work was once double-gilded with leaf and mercury. Mercury gilding was a popular and widespread technique in the middle period of the Roman Empire. Some art experts note that certain features, including that use of mercury in casting the horses, the shape of the eyes, the manes and the ears, and the complexity of repair techniques carried out before gilding, would suggest that they were made during the epoch of Septimius Severus, Roman emperor from April 193 to February 211 of the Common Era. Others place the piece in context with an artistic movement with distinct contributions of Eastern style to Greek art, including ancient Near East, Egypt, and Asia Minor. It has been considered a work of ancient Greece, but recent theories lean toward the piece perhaps being commissioned by a Roman emperor. But it wasn't always thought so. So who made this piece of art? While we all take a moment to ponder that mystery, we are going to take a break for a word from our sponsor, and when we return... We'll talk about its origin story. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. 
hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminalia. That's simplysafe s i m p l i s a f e dot com/criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with the Seven every weekday, so follow the Seven right now. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about how we don't really know for certain anything about this sculpture. No joke, not even art historians do. We know there are four horses, and this group of four horses was likely once part of a four-horse chariot as it stood on top of the entrance gate to the Hippodrome of Constantinople, which was a public arena used for chariot races, gladiator games, other social events. It's believed to have been part of a sculpture depicting a four-horse carriage used for chariot racing, but no one is really sure about that detail. The work was prominently placed on a prominent building in the city, the horses would have been among Constantinople's most famous and most popular pieces of public art. According to the Parastasia Sintomoi Chronicae, a Byzantine text on the topography of Constantinople and its monuments, 
When this piece arrived in Venice, art historians at the time described the statue as the, quote, four gilt horses that stand above the Hippodrome and, quote, came from the island of Chios under Theodosius II. Theodosius II, a Roman emperor for most of his life, lived in the first half of the 5th century. But that doesn't really help us narrow down when the sculpture was moved from Chios and installed at Constantinople, or if it was made there and when. It really wasn't until centuries later, during the Renaissance, when anyone considered the origin of this piece. It didn't just appear on the Hippodrome one day. Experts at the time believed the sculptor had to have been one of the great ancient Greek sculptors, of course. It was attributed to Phidias, then Praxiteles, then lastly, Lysippus. Lysippus was a Greek sculptor and bronzer who lived during the 4th century BCE, and he was a personal sculptor to Alexander the Great. He had long been considered one of the masters of the late classical period of Greek sculpture and is best known for his bronze, and sometimes marble, sculptures of athletes, heroes, and Greek gods. Pliny the Elder, Roman natural philosopher and encyclopedist, estimated the artist made 1,500 works, all of them in bronze. Lysippus' work is characterized by slimmer proportions of the human body. So, for instance, he reduced the size of the head and elongated the limbs in his pieces, which made his figures appear taller and more statuesque. And that surely is something that Alexander the Great had little interest in. <laughs> Lysippus remains a key figure in the history of sculpture from classical antiquity, and the horse's piece has long been attributed to him. Though it's long believed the work may have been created around 390 BCE, that date, as well as the attribution to the master sculptor Lysippus, is generally rejected today. Yeah, I said rejected. And experts are more likely to consider the sculpture of Roman origin. Ultimately, though, Greek, Roman, no one knows. And which century? Well, that seems to be somewhat fuzzy as well. With no elements in the work that might lead to absolute dating, as you can tell, expert opinions greatly diverge. But we do know a lot more about the piece's history once it was stolen from the Hippodrome. It was the Doge Enrico Dandolo who oversaw the delivery of the horses to Venice, but in order to transport this war trophy, the head of each horse was severed. Those collars on the piece are not original to the work, and they were added later to obscure where those cuts had happened, and then the heads had been reattached. When the sculpture arrived in Venice, the piece was first stored at the Arsenal before being installed at the top of St. Mark's Basilica as a symbol of the power of the church. Italian scholar and poet Francesco Petrarch reported in his work Letters of Old Age that the horses had been placed on the terrace of the facade of Basilica di San Marco, or St. Mark's Basilica, in 1254. St. Mark's Square is the largest piazza in the city and is among the most famous piazzas in all of Italy. Inspired by this open Venetian public square, Napoleon once called it, quote, the drawing room of Europe. And speak of the devil, it's as though we conjured him. Here comes Napoleon. Well, Napoleon is going to have to wait a second about his chapter with this sculpture because we need to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Talk. 
Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable. And it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's Dime Beauty beautyco.com code get dime for 20% off. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. If it seems like Napoleon plundered a lot of art, well, that's because he did. Uh, Let's talk about how he got his hands on this one. Since the 13th century, the horses graced St. Mark's Basilica, but that changed when the Habsburg's Venetian province was ceded to France under the Treaty of Pressburg, a peace treaty between Napoleon I of France and Holy Roman Emperor Francis II, who was also Emperor of Austria. Napoleon, having been proclaimed Emperor of France the previous year, was crowned King of Italy with the Iron Crown of Lombardy at Milan. Venice was then under Napoleon's control. Having been proclaimed Emperor by himself. (laughs) (laughs) And now he's got to go shop for some art. (laughs) Oh, Napoleon. If I could have just a modicum of his confidence. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The Arc de Triomphe du Carousel, modeled after the Arch of Constantine in Rome, was still new construction at this time, and Napoleon wanted the horses of St. Mark's with a chariot added to the top of the Parisian Arch in a celebratory display, celebrating him. So, he took the sculpture 
he had the horses uninstalled from the church in Venice and shipped to Paris. German pessimist philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer, seeing them for the first time in Paris, stated, quote, It is in Paris, in the Tuileries Garden, that in front of the castle, there are the famous four horses that Bonaparte brought back from Venice and which have always accompanied the conquerors. But I don't find them as extraordinary as I imagined. Napoleon didn't have them long. Following his loss at the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, Captain Dumaresque was assigned the sculpture's removal from the Ark and the reinstatement of the horses to its place at St. Mark's Basilica on the orders of the Emperor of Austria, the new sovereign of Venice. Dumaresque was reportedly awarded for all of this effort with a gold snuff box with his initials in diamonds on the lid. On December 13th, in the presence of Franz I of Austria, the horses was restored to the Basilica. A second set of replica horses was created and installed on the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, exactly where Napoleon had the original looted statue placed in 1797. The original sculpture had undergone considerable damage before its return and was taken to the Arsenale for restoration. The horses of St. Mark's have, over the centuries, become a symbol of Venetian power. Genoese Admiral Pietro Doria, in fact, once promised the Venetians back in 1378, during the war between Genoa and Venice, that after the Genoese capture of the island close to Chioggia, a town close to Venice, he would bridle those horses. And of that, Lord Byron later wrote, quote, their gilded collars glittering in the sun. But is not Doria's menace come to pass? Are they not bridled? Until the 1980s, the horses of St. Mark's stood in St. Mark's Square, and that's when they were moved inside in an effort to protect them from pollution and other damage. With the original piece displayed now indoors, on the terrace today, what you see are replicas. There's one just great fact about this sculpture. The Horses of St. Mark's is the only surviving quadriga from ancient times. And while that itself is amazing and notable, it's also true that all modern forms are based on this one, the triumphal quadriga. Let's leave on this note. When Johann Wolfgang von Goethe saw the horses at St. Mark's Basilica in October of 1786, he wrote of them in his memoirs, quote, I was looking closely at the four bronze horses placed above the arcades of St. Mark's Church. What a beautiful hitch! I would have liked to hear him judge by a real horse connoisseur seen on the terrace that supports these horses. They seem very heavy, but when you look at them from below, that is, from St. Mark's Square, they look light as deer. So pretty. That's such a pretty imagery, light as deer. You might think I would use that as my inspiration for Heist Hooch. I did not. I went in a very different direction. Did you now? Which way did you go? I'm going to cross out light as deer for my lesson. <laughs> Here's what I fixated on and named this thing this time around. <laughs> Napoleon's Ark? <laughs> it's called Severed Heads. <laughs> They're poor heads. On the one hand, it's a good kind of Halloween-y, spooky image. And on the other, 
as someone who really loves art, it pains me to know that they were like, let's just chop it up. We'll put it back together when we get there. Like, what? It's not how it no, works. Man, no, man, no. Since there is a lot of Mark action around its early life, right, including when its heads were severed to some degree, my focus in making this became a little bit sillier, and I wanted to combine elements of France and Italy because Napoleon... You can end that sentence there. I mean... <laughs> because Napoleon. You can interest, introduce him as prominent art thief, Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> like, he took so much art. We always talk about how Hitler was big on on looting And art. he was. And I'm not saying like, he wasn't, but like... Napoleon could give him a run for his money, Exactly. For sure. Like, those two gentlemen. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on this topic, because I'm like, so what you're saying is that instead of having a culture that makes its own beautiful art, you want to take everyone else's beautiful art. What exactly does that say about you? My personal interjection, right? What's up, Napoleon? I mean, it's funny in... France, which is known for its arts, that he wouldn't just be like, let's feature all of the great artists of France instead of let's feature all the things I stole from around. <laughs> let's see what I can steal and put in a big building. <laughs> Various other countries. Yeah. So anyway, so the, the severed heads. We're kind of drinking to Napoleon, but really, because if you're playing this in terms of wins and losses, the winner is Italy. I have a little combo here of drinks, essentially. The name Napoleon is often associated with cognac for a variety of reasons, and I thought it would be fun to do a cognac drink and then combine it with some Italian loveliness. So this one starts very basically with a cognac sour, which if you've never had that is delicious. I have never had a cognac sour. It's very simple. It's like the easiest of easy. How did I get this um, far in life without ever having that? Listen, I'll have a cognac anything. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Put it in your cup of tea at night. <laughs> put it in. Just drink a glass of cognac. I love it all the ways. This is two ounces of cognac, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. And I use three quarters of an ounce of Demerara syrup for this, this one instead of simple. I just like that deeper, richer flavor for this specific drink. And then you literally toss that in your shaker with some ice, shaky shake. Then you are going to pour it into a chilled glass. I just got some really beautiful mini coops that I am in love with. They're beautiful. They're white glass. They're so pretty. I think I already put a picture of them on my Instagram, so you can go look uh, at them at any point. Social media, I will. It's just strain that into mini coops. You're not. You're going to pre-chill that coop. You don't want ice in this. So strain it into the mini coop that is already cold, and then you are going to just top it with as much prosecco as you can fit in there. This is a very interesting drink. Cognac has a very specific flavor to it. There are drinks with cognac and champagne or cognac and prosecco, but because it started with that sour, where you've already messed with the flavor profile of the cognac. It has this oddly light and bright kind of carriage, like a horse, for those deeper flavors <laughs> like of the cognac, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> that is Severed Heads, and I am crazy about it. It's very good. Very yummy. It's one, though, that, as we've said many times, bubbles will get me in terms of intoxication. Cognac is not messing around either, but I can drink cognac pretty well but like i had one of these and i was like oh 
I'm going to make some coffee now because I need to get work done. <laughs> Even though it was really a small amount. I mean, I would say you're only adding, because that's a mini coop, you're really only adding like an ounce or so of Prosecco. It's not a lot. So in terms of just volume. Because it's just floating, right? It's just sitting on top, right there on the top. Yeah, very tasty. Now to do a mocktail version of this, it's a little tricky. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so I'm actually really very curious about the mocktail for this one, not because I don't want to drink the alcoholic drink, but because what are you going to do for a mocktail? Well, uh, do tell. You're going to make fake cognac to start with. (laughs) Here is how I would do that. As you know, I often like to sub out like a tea for a spirit in these. This is similar for this, for a cognac. This isn't a one-to-one flavor. It's just another thing that I think works well here. You're going to use a red tea and you're going to make it in like a little saucepan on your stove. And you want to really saturate it. Like you want it to steep and get very deep in its flavor. And then you're not done. (laughs) Add in, and I'm not using measures here specifically because you might want to make a larger volume or a lesser. You can't really make only enough for the drink because it will, you'll boil away all of your liquid before you really have it steeped enough. I would say if you need a measure, I would say knowing that you're going to have a ton extra or you can make many of these. Two cups in, two bags of tea if you use bags, two measures out if you use loose tea leaves. And then to that, I would add to a two-cupper. This is going to sound like a lot, but I'm telling you. A quarter cup of brown sugar and add like a really warm spice in scant amounts. Like I'm talking like hold the cinnamon shaker near it. You you literally just want a whisper of it on there. Something like a cinnamon is it like floats. You it can that. can also overwhelm, and you don't want that. You just want that odd, hard to place, warm, distinct flavor of it. Do you have any suggestion of like a nut? Like, yeah, like any of them, like a nutmeg or a cinnamon. Like they would all just kind of. You could do a nutmeg. I did a cinnamon, and I quite liked it. But again, it was like I just. It was like I showed the saucepan the cinnamon <laughs> bottle. Like I didn't. There was not a lot. It was a tiny amount. <laughs> Um, And at that point, you've taken your tea out. So you're just then combining the tea with your brown sugar and whatever spice you have on hand. I want to try a version of this where I use something like a tiny bit of red pepper in it and see what happens. Just to give it a little more of like an alcoholic bite without it being alcoholic. This mocktail can be played with a lot. A whole lot. A whole lot. And so then you obviously need to let that cool down to to like room temp but then you or you can toss it in your fridge or whatever you need to do to get it cool but then i would do the same measure so two ounces of your fake cognac your red tea that's been amped up with a little bit of brown sugar and then your lemon juice you can dial back the demerara at that point just duplicating i would go to like half an ounce or less and then it's easy because then it's ginger ale on top it's going to be different it's not going to taste the same But it will have its own unique flavor because the ginger is going to change it too. But you get all those bubbles. And I like that better than doing a club soda here because a club soda dilutes all of those other flavors too much. To me, I see ginger ale being more of a substitute for a Prosecco than I do a club soda because club soda to me only brings bubbles to the table, but nothing else. Ginger ale has some flavor. So, um, And that's another one that we've talked about a couple recently where the, the mocktail is a pretty good 
fall drink. If you are in the Northern Hemisphere, you are in autumn right now, looking winter in the eye. And that's like a good one for parties and whatnot, where it's just kind of a delicious, unexpected, yummy taste. (sighs) (laughs) That's the sigh of I would love to have some right now. I love to play bar time chemistry. It's the most fun in the world. And I hope that all of our listeners enjoy playing along, playing the home game, essentially. <laughs> Remember, there's we haven't said it in a while, but there's no such thing as cocktail jail. Play with any of these, because that's how you get new things that suit your palate the most, and then become your signature thing. And then your friends will think you have magical powers. And you probably do. If you can make a good drink, that's a magic power in my book. So may we all find our magic. We hope that <laughs> you have enjoyed spending this time with us we will be right back here again next week with a little more stories to tell and some more beverages to sip so we hope you're here for it Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio for more podcasts from Shondaland Audio please visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.